Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This is episode 14, and we are digging deep into lettuce. Uh, first, I want to thank you for coming back each week to listen to this, and I want to remind you to go ahead and send in your questions, your gardening questions, for our next Can You Dig It episode. That'll be the first Friday in May. I'm looking forward to answering some of those questions for you. You can either click on the link in the show notes to leave me a voice message. You can go to the Just Grow Something podcast website and submit a form there, or you can just send me an email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Another reminder is to follow us on our new Instagram page or Instagram handle. I'm not sure what the lingo is. Um, Whatever it is, our IG account, our Instagram account. Um, We're slowly getting things updated as far as, you know, posting out what the episodes, the previous episodes were and kind of getting that caught up. Um, But there should be, you know, some more fun stuff coming your way on that page. So give us a follow. So Let's dig into lettuce. And the reason it's going to be specifically lettuce and not just generalized to leafy greens, which would include kale or spinach or those types of things, is because they are all in different families. Uh, Kale is in the cabbage or mustard family, right? That's brassicaceae. Spinach is in the goosefoot or beetroot family, uh, amaranthiaceae uh, or chenopodiaceae, which, whichever you follow. Um, and lettuce is in the daisy or aster family, asteraceae. So, and they all have, you know, different growing preferences. They have different preferences when it comes to soil temperatures and soil type. Um, asteraceae also includes like chicory and endive. Uh, artichokes, dandelion, sunflowers, and then herbs like tarragon, salsify, and chamomile. Those are all in the same plant family as lettuce. So knowing the plant family and the other veggies that are within that family is really helpful with crop rotation. Always a good idea to plant those crops within a family together in the same plot so that the next year you can rotate them to the next bed together. Now, there are some exceptions to this in very specific instances of plants that you don't want to plant together that are in the same family. Um, but if that's the case in any of these uh, episodes where we dig deep into a particular crop, I will totally mention it. This is not one of those cases. There's really not a whole lot in the in the lettuce family or in the daisy family that can't be planted together. So the nomenclature for lettuce, its scientific name is Lactuca sativa. It originates from the uh, Mediterranean regions all the way out to Siberia. It can be cultivated as a head or as loose leaf. And the genus, right, Lactuca, 
Uh, that part of the name comes from the Latin word lac, meaning milk. And that's the reference to that sort of milky sap that the plant gets when it's mature. If you've ever, you know, broken off a, a stem or a head of lettuce and seen this kind of milky white sap, that's where uh, the first part of the name comes from. And then it's specific epithet, which is that second part, sativa, means cultivated. So this is a cultivated variety of something that was originally found in the wild. Um, speaking of in the wild, uh, its cultural significance or its ethnobotanical uses, as a reminder, ethnobotany is the study of a region's plants and their practical uses through the traditional knowledge of a local culture and its people. And I will remind you every time we do one of these segments that uh, these are historical and anthropological citations that I'm doing, never in just the parts of any plant without being absolutely positive of its effect on the human body. Um, there are many wild cousins of our common cultivated lettuce, and they've been used for all kinds of edible and medicinal purposes. That milky sap that we talked about it is taken internally in the treatment of insomnia and anxiety, dry coughs and whooping cough, and rheumatic pain. It's uh, That sap is called lacticarium, and that sap is really low in the young plants. It's most concentrated when the plant comes into flower after it is bolted, uh, after it's gone to bolt or gone to seed. Um, so cultivated lettuces don't contain as much of the lacticarium as the wild species do. Um, the sap has also been applied externally in the treatment of warts, and the seed has been used as a painkiller. So that's sort of the uh, cultural history and significance of uh, the wild version of lettuce. So let's talk about the nutrition level of lettuce. Nutritional content of lettuce uh, totally varies by its type. Some contain more phytochemicals than the others, which is based on their color and their structure. So red lettuces, for example, tend to have more vitamin C than green leaf, but green leaf is superior in vitamin A. And then romaine, on the other hand, is not only higher in vitamin A by a substantial difference, but it also contains more potassium than either the red or the green leaf lettuce. So it completely varies according to the type of lettuce that you're growing and the color. Now, iceberg or crisp head lettuces are the real nutritional loser in this category, especially when they're grown commercially because it's so blanched in most cases and has such a very high water content. It tends to dilute the nutrients. That being said, growing them in your own garden and left to grow without blanching actually increases the nutrient content of iceberg lettuces without sacrificing too much in that kind of crunchy texture that it's known for. We've done that here. Um, as a matter of fact, lettuce generally contains much more nutrients in general when grown at home rather than commercially because it gets to your table so much more quickly and there's no decline in the quality between the garden and the table. And of course, all lettuces are super low in calories. So there's that. Um, obviously, it's mostly used for salads, but, you know, it's also seen in other kinds of food, like in soups. Um, and we use it, you know, for sandwiches or for wraps. It can also be grilled. If you've ever had um, a, a grilled romaine, ooh, it's really, really good. It's a great way to have uh, some nice romaine lettuce at the beginning of the, uh, the summer. So cultivation. Let's talk about the cultivation of lettuce. Um, it's pretty easy to grow. 
it really does prefer a sort of well-composted, loose soil um, with a medium moisture level, right? The soil should be loose and drain well so that it's moist but not soggy. Lettuce likes full sun to part shade, right? In fact, the, uh, if you're growing in an area that gets warm, especially in the late afternoon, the lettuce will absolutely appreciate some shade in the afternoon. So full sun would be, you know, six or more hours, but part shade, you could do four hours for sure, especially if it's getting, you know, some shade in the, in the afternoon, in the heat of the afternoon. Um, they do perform best with consistent watering. The dry soils will often trigger lettuce plants to go to bolt. So there are five main types of lettuce plants that you can grow. The first is loose leaf, and that is super easy to grow. It matures really quickly. You can harvest those little leaves um, as soon as four weeks after you plant them. And they're great for early season plantings. They come in a wide variety of leaf shapes and colors. You can sort of broadcast seed them and harvest them all very quickly. Like I said, in about a month or so. You don't have to wait for them to reach full maturity in order to harvest them. Uh, the next type is butterhead. Those are the things like the most popular one you can think of is butter crunch. Um, they're called bib or Boston uh, heads. They form sort of loose heads. They're not those real tight heads like you see with a with an iceberg. They're a little bit looser. Uh, they're sort of waxy. Um, a really really popular, good flavor. Of course, there's, then there's romaine, those upright sort of elongated heads, really crisp hearts in the center. They're a bit more tolerant of warm weather, and they're a little bit less likely to bolt than some other lettuce types. So those are a good one to grow in, uh, in your warmer clients, uh, climates, specifically the little miniature versions. Those actually get to maturity even faster, and they're smaller, so they're not out in the elements nearly as long. Um, another type is a French or summer crisp. We grow a lot of these. It's sort of halfway between a butterhead and like an iceberg. You can harvest them really early on like a loose leaf lettuce or you can wait until uh, the head forms. And it's another loose type of head similar to a butterhead, but they're usually a little bit more frilly. And then finally, there is the crisp head or the iceberg, um, just like you're, what you're used to seeing in the grocery store, those, you know, solid round heads. These are actually the most difficult variety to grow in a home garden if you're trying to replicate like what you see in the store. They require really long, cool growing seasons. So further north has a little bit better chance of getting these to grow like that. Um, the best chance of success is to set those transplants out really early in the spring and they will bolt really quickly in response to stress. So to, you know, to drive a soil or to uh, warm of temperatures. That being said, again, if you're growing them and you're not intending to try to blanch them like they do in the grocery store, then you can actually grow them fairly easily in the home garden. Just don't expect that they're going to be that real, real pale, pale color that you normally see. They are going to be greener, but in that instance, they're also increasing the, the nutritional content too. So uh, lettuce grows best in cool weather. Hot weather causes it to get bitter and to bolt. So bolting um, is, is when it starts to produce that central stem and that seed stalk. It's wanting to set seed. Uh, bolting is caused by uh, warm temperatures, consistently over 75 or 80 degrees, 
um, any kind of major changes in day length. And again, you know, really dry conditions. And once that happens, then the leaves start to take on a really bitter flavor. That's why spring and fall are usually the best times to be growing lettuces. You can start the seed of head lettuces indoors about four to six weeks prior to your last spring frost date. They only need a, a minimum soil temperature of about 40 degrees. So you don't necessarily need a heat mat or anything like that when you're starting seeds indoors. They do germinate best at around 55 to 65, but you know, again, for most people, that's just room temperature. The seedlings will typically emerge in about seven to 10 days. And then you want to wait until those transplants have about four to six mature leaves on them and a really well-developed root system before you transplant them out into the garden. So make sure whatever container it is that you are using to start your seeds in uh, has a big enough base to it to where you're going to have a good root system. It doesn't have to be something huge, like if you were growing a fast-growing cucumber or something like that, but um, definitely something that has a little bit of room for the root system. So lettuce seed can also be planted directly in the ground about two weeks prior to your last spring frost date. Um, keep in mind, since the seed is so small, you're going to want a smooth loose seedbed. Stones and large clods of dirt will actually inhibit germination. Uh, the best way to ensure a continuous harvest is uh, to start planting your lettuce seeds or transplanting your plants about every two weeks from your last spring frost date all the way through until early summer. And then you can plant seed in the late summer, again, for a fall crop. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a concern that your soil in the late summer is going to be too warm for germination. So you can really easily create sort of a cooler soil by moistening the ground where you're going to want to plant those seeds and then covering it with straw or hay. It's only going to take about a week and the soil temperature underneath that straw or that hay is going to be about 10 degrees Fahrenheit cooler than the rest of the garden. So that'll be a better place for germination for your uh, late planting of your lettuces. Um, seeds should be planted about an eighth to a quarter of an inch deep. Keep in mind that lettuce seeds need light to germinate, so don't sow them too deep. We generally will just sort of sow them across the surface of the soil and then tamp them down, and that tends to be um, enough uh, coverage for them and still to keep them basically the seed in place while it's germinating and giving it enough light to do so. Um, and then you can thin them out once they have three to four true leaves. Uh, lettuce doesn't compete well with weeds. That might be one reason why you would prefer to do transplants instead of direct sowing. Um, but spacing lettuce a little bit closer together actually helps to control those weeds. Just make sure you're following sort of the recommended, the recommended spacing so that you're not inviting in disease. Um, you can consider planting rows of either chives or garlic in between your lettuce uh, to control aphids and to help crowd out weeds. Green onions are a great option too. So if you're planting garlic in the fall on schedule, then you can also plan to plant your lettuce plants in between those rows when the garlic comes up in the spring, um, and that'll help keep the, the weeds at bay uh, for both crops. For lettuce, you're going to want to fertilize about three weeks or so after transplanting if you're growing those larger 
head lettuces that take a little bit longer to, to grow to maturity. Uh, lettuce likes a steady supply of nitrogen to kind of keep it growing. Remember, nitrogen is good for leafy growth. You can use organic alfalfa meal. You can use a slow-release fertilizer. You can side dress with things like feather meal. That's a natural slow-release version um, of nitrogen. Just, again, we want consistent moisture. And lettuce will tell you when it needs water. Just don't keep them sopping wet. This can trigger uh, a rot right at the base of the plant where it meets the soil. So if the leaves are wilting, you can sprinkle them at pretty much any time, even in the heat of the day, to cool them off and to slow down slow down that transpiration rate. Um, row covers here, again, are a really good idea. It helps keep the lettuce from drying out in the sun. And of course, it also helps prevent pests. Um, and then as always, mulch will help conserve moisture. It'll suppress the weeds and it'll keep those soil temperatures cool as you get towards summer. So that'll extend your harvest a little bit by keeping that root zone cooler. You can also plan your garden to where lettuces are going to be in the shade of taller plants. So if you're planting tomatoes or sweet corn, you can plant those lettuce plants underneath those other crops. And that'll give you another extended harvest time a little bit and reduce the chance of bolting super early in the summer. When you're weeding, also keep in mind that lettuce plants are shallow rooted. So try not to be cultivating too deeply right next to your lettuce plants with tools. Hand weeding is a really good idea here. And again, you know, using mulch so that you don't have to do much in the way of weeding um, is a really good idea. Uh, considerations for containers. You can absolutely grow lettuce in containers and you can actually grow them in containers mixed with other cool weather annuals like your early flowers, um, petunias and pansies and um, violas. They look great as an ornamental that you can harvest from. Um, just make sure you have your kind of proper spacing in those containers to prevent fungal growth uh, at the bottom and then proper watering, of course, to make sure that those containers aren't getting dried out. Lettuce can also be grown indoors. You can grow them under grow lights or even just regular fluorescent lights. Just keep those lights close overhead of the plants to prevent leggy growth. Uh, a sunny window works too. Just rotate the container to prevent the plants from stretching toward the light. So if you're doing this, you can actually grow lettuce year-round inside. So let's talk pests of lettuce. Um, potential insect pests include... Probably the, the top three are aphids, snails, and slugs. Um, you'll also get leaf miners and white flies, but uh, aphids are probably the, the bane of most lettuce growers. Um, and of course, with any other aphid infestation, you can start by just spraying them off with a good old hose soaking. That often works. Uh, releasing ladybugs for aphids, that's one of our favorite tricks. Uh, we use a company called Arbico Organics. That's where we uh, purchase all of our sort of um, biological predators um, for use in the garden. Uh, you can use neem oil or insecticidal soaps. Um, again, row covers to start with from the very beginning is a really good way to keep out um, most of these pests. Of course, slugs and snails, they'll have a tendency to go under. Um, proper spacing of your plants is really important there. That will help prevent the slugs and the snails and also trying to keep uh, any of your mulch away from the base of the plants um, will also help keep those the slugs and the snails away. 
And of course, there's all kinds of of tricks and, and tips out there for for keeping slugs and snails out of the garden, whether it's using um, crushed up eggshells to keep them from crawling across. Um, again, that product that we use uh, for Saturday Lime, that's a good way to kind of create a barrier around the outside of your plants, uh, keep those those uh, slugs and snails from getting in there. And then, you know, with, with the leaf miners and the white flies, again, row covers are are likely your best option. Um, insecticidal soaps and, and neem oil and, and BT um, are also options there too. I, we just try to not to use too much on lettuces just because you're eating the whole plant. So the less that we can put on it, the better. Uh, so those row covers are really important for, for keeping out a lot of pests so that we don't have to use anything that we're going to end up eating. Um, diseases of lettuce. So you've got a handful of potential problems that are probably more frequent than others, um, specifically downy mildew and powdery mildew. There are other diseases like shot hole, um, septoria leaf spot, um, botrytis and, and wilt. Those are things that are usually um, not just pertaining to lettuces, they actually are soil born. They, you know, it comes from, you know, not having proper crop rotation. Um, but the, you know, bottom rot, downy mildew, powdery mildew, those types of things can be fairly common with lettuces. A lot of it has to do with avoiding excessively wet conditions, practicing the appropriate spacing of your plants. Um, you can also buy, um, resistant varieties to a lot of these. If you have, problems with this um, frequently in your garden or in your area. Um, things like downy mildew and powdery mildew, if those are things that are common, you can buy uh, plants that have been bred to be resistant to those. Um, and then keep in mind that pests, the garden pests, uh, also spread disease. So if you can keep your plants insect pest free um, by the previous tricks that we talked about, um, that's going to help keep uh, some of the plant diseases at bay. And then, of course, always um, planting, uh, uh, using a crop rotation, making sure you're not planting the same family over and over again in the same spot. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know, using raised beds or containers is a good way to kind of help prevent those diseases. Uh, and like I said before, lettuces do really, really well in containers. So that's something to consider there. So let's talk harvest. Uh, lettuce should be harvested when full size, but just before maturity. Those leaves um, really do taste best when they're still young and tender. There's a lot of the varieties and the types can be harvested at the baby stage at about 30 to 45 days from the time that you uh, transplant them or in some instances uh, plant them from seed, particularly the loose leaf. Um, Full-sized heads usually will take about 50 to 75 days. Butterhead, romaine, and the loose leaf types can all be harvested by just removing the outer leaves so that the center leaves can continue to grow. Or you can cut the plant at about an inch above the soil surface, and then a second harvest is possible. Actually, with either of those methods, a second harvest is possible. We call it kind of the cut and come again method. Um, but if that's not your thing, if you want to just dig up the whole plant, then that's it. You're one and done. You've pulled the plant, and then you can plant something else. Um, iceberg lettuces are usually picked when the center of the head is really firm. So the head should feel solid before, um, before you pick them. And iceberg lettuce sort of uh, grows in the same manner that cabbages do, where you've got the leaves and they start to just curl and fold over on top of each other. 
Um, and so the tighter that is, um, then the, uh, the better the quality of the iceberg lettuce. It's best to harvest lettuce in the morning before the leaves have been exposed to the sun. That, they're going to be the most crisp at this time, and they're going to store better um, if they've been picked while the before the heat of the day has gotten into them. Uh, generally, you want to pick them and then cool them off as quickly as possible. Store them in the refrigerator for about 10 days or so in a loose plastic bag. So wash them immediately before use. That'll extend its life in the fridge. If you do have to rinse it, you know, if it's excessively dirty or, you know, if you see that there's bugs and stuff, um, the best way with this is to uh, use a salad spinner. If you've got one, um, they're relatively inexpensive countertop varieties. Uh, you just rinse all of your lettuces and stuff in plain water or in vinegar water and then spin them dry as, as much as you can, Pat them dry with uh, paper towels if you're not using a salad spinner, and then store them in the fridge that way. If they do go wilty, you can shock the leaves in a bowl of uh, ice water, um, so cold water with some ice cubes in it for about 15 minutes, and then rinse them, or not rinse them, spin them, uh, or pat them dry just before use, uh, and that'll kind of bring them back to life. So that's the basics of lettuce. Lettuce is, is a pretty straightforward crop. Uh, not super, super demanding, um, can be planted in between all kinds of other crops, does really well being uh, planted in the understory of certain crops. So you can sort of uh, save space by interplanting lettuces in and amongst everything else. I'll list some resources in the show notes, uh, specifically to Arbicle Organics and to First Saturday Lime. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again on Friday for another Focal Point Friday episode. In the meantime, don't forget to send me your gardening questions. And as always, keep on cultivating your dream garden, my gardening friends. We'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope these episodes are helping you understand more about how to grow your own food and maybe growing an awareness of food issues in general. Just remember, no matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something.